Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible is giving the listeners of this podcast a free audiobook and 30-day free trial if you sign up through audibletrial.com slash fsproductions. I personally love audiobooks and use Audible all the time. With over 180,000 titles to choose from, you're sure to find something you like. Make sure to sign up through audibletrial.com slash fsproductions so they know we sent you. Today's podcast is also sponsored by Amazon. If you do any shopping on Amazon, please use the Amazon link on fsproductions.ca. It won't cost you anything extra, but Amazon will give us a percentage of the money you were going to spend anyway. While you're there, check out the online store. You can buy t-shirts and stickers, and that also helps to support the show. If you would like to donate to the show, visit my Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash froggystyle. That's frog, the letter E, underscore style. Every dollar helps me provide you with higher quality content. Thanks, and enjoy the show. This is Groove Talk with Froggy Style. Uh, welcome to another episode of Groove Talk. On this episode, I'm joined by the Detractions. Hello. Hello. Hey. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for being on the show. Uh, so why don't you tell our listeners just a little bit about yourselves? Uh, well, uh, I'm Nathan. I play guitar and I sing. I'm Gus. I play the drums and sing a little bit. I'm Sean. I play bass and sing. I'm Jesse. I play guitar and squibbly do. <laughs> squibbly do means solo, I think. It's an official designation of yeah. the squibbly it's, am, it's ambiguous. <laughs> Read into it what you will. Yeah, take from that what you will. Cool. Uh, Jesse keeps saying that. We don't know what it means. No one <laughs> knows what it means. <laughs> You guys, uh, you just recently released an EP. We did. Yeah, George. Yeah. yeah, on January, well, January 6th physically, and then like two days before that digitally, yeah. I think. Yes. On the Bandcamp and the SoundCloud or whatever. Yeah, I think it's on iTunes now. Oh, yeah, you can find us pretty much anywhere you listen to music. Like, I found us on Spotify, iTunes. Spotify? Yeah, that's that cool. Microsoft Groove. Microsoft Groove. <laughs> I literally didn't know Microsoft Groove was a thing until Sean said we're on well, Microsoft I'm Groove. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, I have never heard of Microsoft Groove. Yeah. <laughs> is, is it the app on Xbox? Yeah, oh, okay. pretty much. Okay. Yeah, no, it was. it's a six song. It's called Jorts, and it's six songs. And it took us way too long to put it out. <laughs> like we started recording it in like 2014, I think. Late 2014. Yeah, we released the single Frankenstyle like... End of 2014. It, it was Halloween 2014. Yeah, it was a long time ago. <laughs> and yeah, we just wanted to get it or, out there. No, Halloween 2015. And, uh, All the same. That's still a long time. Yeah, it was a long, it was a, it was a long time ago. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it just feels really good to have it out there for uh, people to listen to finally. So. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Um, any reasons why it took so long? Just, you know, life stuff, busyness. Yeah, well, like we, uh, <laughs> life got really busy and, uh, there was lineup changes. Like someone else drummed on the record before Gus joined, and um, we, like he was recording it as well as drumming on it. And then another, we ended up sending it to another guy for mixing. And yeah. Then, and then you know, like Sean went to got accepted the state, and like I started working full time. Like it just a lot of stuff came yeah. up, right? And 
And uh, and then honestly, I I got a little lazy. I think. I think we all did. <laughs> yeah. Until honestly, until Gus joined because Gus joined in August. Was it August? September? I guess teenth. Like that. <laughs> and it was totally just name. like an adrenaline shot, just like get our ass in gear and just get it out there, right? Um, and then we uh, we hooked up with Transistor sixty six Records, cool, for help with uh, digital distribution and. Uh, playing on radios across Canada and whatnot, and um, yeah, and kind of the next step now is uh, getting on the road and touring, because then basically he like um, he can help us more with physical distribution if we're a touring band, so yeah, because yeah. cool. yeah. at the time we were just, I mean, when he when he, when he he said yes to us, we didn't have drummer, <laughs> like yeah. we weren't like anywhere near me on the road, and, yeah, it was kind of a, yeah. oh, yeah, it was kind of a, <laughs> Kind of bamboozled him. Sorry, Art, <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> um, it just feels super. I think the big word we're using is cathartic. Yeah. I don't know. That sounds kind it's of like douchey. It sounds. Kind of, that was the was the words we used on the radio before. Before I thought about how how lame that sounds. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, it's been. It's have been you a long found time. that like? Uh, your partnership, I guess, with Transistor 66, it was? Yeah. Is that, like, really benefited you guys? And just, has it taken, I guess, the distribution out of your hands? Like, so many, I feel like so many bands are trying to, you know, get out there and distribute their own stuff. And Yeah, it's helped us a lot with promotion. Yeah. Most oh, definitely. Because, mm-hmm. like, Art, like, Art, the guy who owns, like, he, he busts, he, he does the very best he can to to get as much exposure out there to, to bands he works with and, yeah. and kind of, you know, he's very upfront with us and very transparent. And he's just, a, he's a cool guy to work with, you know, and, um, he set up the iTunes and everything for it. And, uh, the yeah. e-store, I think if you go to transistor66.com, you can like the records available there. I think, oh, yeah. yeah. Well. He took a lot of the, a lot of the weight off of our shoulders. I would say, you know, it's yeah. really hard. Like it's hard enough. Like you, like we said, we had, it took us so long to put this record out and like it's because we're all I feel like we're all trying to live life and make you know a living while trying to on top of all that make this CD put it out have people listen to our music and it's just so difficult to do all of that in, in one you know one life mm-hmm. so like having somebody there to be like okay here's all here's all this stuff like putting you on iTunes you know getting it out there so that people can actually listen to this thing that we've created yeah like having that sort of lifted off of us, and like I think part like he he got, he's got part of it playing on uh, a, a station in Winnipeg. I yeah, think it is right now. yeah, it's in awesome. Manitoba. Manitoba. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wasn't he um, Winnipeg, Manitoba? Yeah. Was uh, wasn't he going to do like distribution to like radio stations? Yeah. and stuff like that. It's, yeah, like that's what, Yeah, that's the bulk of what he's doing for mm-hmm. us, which is huge. Yeah, we just want people to hear us, right, and kind of get it beyond Calgary. Um, no, it's been great, and he also kind of—I think—he kind of lit a fire under us a little bit to get it out there. Mm-hmm. You know? Like he really pushed us to release it and set a date and and do it, which was awesome. So, yeah, it's been great. Yeah, that's awesome. Does uh, does he is he helping you like with shows and stuff too, with bookings and stuff, or is that still kind of? Well, that's still kind of in house right now. Yeah, because yeah. he's based in. Where's he? I think he's in Winnipeg. I'm Winnipeg. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry for wrong art. <laughs> He's 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 at east. He's in that barren hellhole between here and yeah, Ontario. Like anywhere anywhere past Saskatchewan. 
it's it's kind of it's kind of yeah. just there. It's all just. I, I know it's Manitoba, so I feel like Winnipeg is probably the most likely thing for. I mean, if anyone's going to be in any kind of music business out there, they'd probably be in like the town that's known about there. Like, what else is even in Winnipeg? I don't have time for your logic and common sense, Gus. <laughs> you got Churchill. You got polar bears just wandering into the middle of downtown. Churchill. <laughs> <laughs> is Churchill a town? Yeah, I've never it's even heard of it. North. Yeah, I just line, think I think I think Manitoba. I think Winnipeg. That's all I know. Yeah, yeah. That's, honestly. So yeah. that's why I'm, that's why I'm thinking he's probably from there. But anyway, that's... You, yeah, you think Winnipeg and you think fucking cold? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the oh poor God, fucking yeah. bastards living <laughs> yeah. in Winnipeg. And that's people, people complain about cold gets here and like uh, they have no idea. Uh, I used to live in Saskatchewan. So, oh, they were getting like minus forty. Seven, I think, with the wind chill yeah. last week. And like when it snows in Saskatchewan, like it's winter time. The snow doesn't melt like it does around here yeah. when a Chinook rolls in. It's like yeah, it, it just keeps winter. building. It up, just keeps yeah. piling. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you guys are playing the Big Winter Classic. Oh yeah. 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 Um, you are actually the third band I have had on this show that is doing so. Really? Nice. Yeah. Ghost Factory, right? Yeah, and, and then I just did one with All Hands on Jane. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. They're really, they, really cool. They rock. Yeah, they They're do. super cool. <laughs> they are really, really cool girls. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and it actually all just kind of happened, you know, I was just emailing and it just happened out, like happened to work that That's time, awesome. But, that's yeah. really cool. Uh, you guys excited for that? Super yeah. excited. Oh, yeah, man. Really, really we were just talking about the yeah. here. Yeah, we were just saying, it's cool. It's cool that you mentioned that you're interviewing all these people playing it because we were just saying how really neat it is that there, we have this thing in the middle of winter that's just showcasing local music so well. You yeah. Know? Yeah, the thing, I, the thing I really love about the Big Winter Classic is... I mean, there's really huge, awesome touring bands, but it's almost like they're there to bolster all the local acts. Like it's like 95% Alberta bands, yeah. and it's awesome. Like there's and like there's a lot of my friends' bands, but then there's also so many bands I've never even heard of or never seen as well. I'm like super stoked to like find out about them and be a part of it. It's like I'm just super stoked. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> yeah, you get a bill of like you know like five six bands and usually they're totally different genres yeah, yeah and then they've got like two floors or like an indoor and an outdoor thing going on too so like you show up and you, you're pretty much just can, can like non-stop like good music the entire way through yeah and, and the people who like uh bj who does like i'm sure like 90 percent of the booking for that thing like knows. not sure he's in charge of like the, the the musical needs of people oh like, yeah the day of okay and whatnot and uh in addition to being super active in the music scene in yeah. Calgary. Yeah, no, I, I yeah. just know that like like a lot of the groups that are a part of the Big Winter Classic are just like really like really prolific groups around town. Like they play a lot all the time. Like they're involved in like different like community things that are going around in the scene. Like they they know people. They actually go out and like make friends and shit like that. So it, it it's not going to be like a bunch of like nobody bands who like fly in and play their show and kind of like all standoffish with everybody it's gonna be like a total bud fest because everybody yeah. everybody knows each other yeah. already and we're just gonna get together and play like a bunch of really rad shows which I think that's like totally totally awesome it's yeah. building it's building a community yeah, yeah. straight yeah. up it, it, and it's like really Alberta like totally Alberta based like super it, uh, other than like said the whale and like a couple of the other like headline the pack AD like, before they dropped out I think. yeah well they're, they're I'm pretty sure they're they Edmonton act yeah I'm pretty oh, okay. sure they're at Edmonton but um yeah no they're like 
it, it's mostly Alberta and like Calgary and Edmonton, like specifically. So it's it's cool to kind of showcase that music particularly because there's such like diverse stuff in and around those two cities, and all of it's really really good. Yeah. Yeah, there's, it's definitely something I've noticed that around Calgary, there's just so much talent in this city. In so many different like, yeah. genres. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, all of, like, hip-hop, electronic, yeah. uh, anything you can think of. Calgary is a very, just, like, talented city. It's awesome. You know, like, we, we played our release show last Friday, and we had a bunch of punk bands, and, like, we played kind of garage rock, and it was packed room. And you go see a bunch of cool hip-hop bands that rock for dollars on Wednesday, and packed yeah. room, you know. Uh, Saturday, we went and saw a bunch of like really oh man. Doomy... I saw my first grindcore show and yeah. it blew my head <laughs> off. <laughs> like, it was killer. And then we wandered to Vern's and saw a bunch of cool like local punk bands and packed room. You know, like there's room for all of it. Everybody, it's, it's awesome. Like it's really inspiring to see. Right, and I think this is a big, big sort of symbol of that. Yeah, it's kind of like a big showcase of like look yeah. at look at what a like cool tight-knit community not that I'm like a veteran of the scene but like it's the best I've seen it today like, it's definitely a it's good so point. inclusive and like so many because like when I know like when I was a teenager for example like when I was first getting into local music like there was so many cool different bands but they were all very like tight-knit and it was kind of really hard to like get into different genres of music and yeah. different, you know you go like your metal shows and you go but then you have stuff like the bigger classic or or sled island or rocket for dollars just totally smashing that like barrier oh, yeah. live mm-hmm. comedy yes. there's rap there's <clears throat> folk you know uh Colin Stetson came folk. and did like his his baritone sax yeah <laughs> one year it's like it's it's awesome it's really cool That's like sweet. yeah well one thing I've, I've noticed like especially lately is that there's a lot of bands from uh because I, I also play with like there, there's like little like jazz clubs and folk like coffee shops in around town and I'd play in those places too because I like just play like all kinds of different stuff and a lot of the bands that like typically will play at like a coffee house or like a jazz club and they'll like gig like maybe night to night those groups are now starting to bridge into the indie scene that's like in like kind of inner city downtown like at Broken City and Dickens and all these kind of places and like you're saying about rocking for dollars and those kind of like community building things these bands are starting to come in and they're getting you know they're getting known around people who you know they just play on like a one weekend or that kind of thing a month and you know like local yokels or whatever the hell we are <laughs> but but it, but it's actually getting to the point now where like bands that are on a completely different like island pretty much like that because you don't see these bands ever when you're in like a place like broken city you'll see like maybe rock bands or like cool like you'll see like cool independent music you're not going to see stuff that's like marketable to people like four or five nights out of the week that you, you can sit down and dance or like drink to or like whatever it is you're looking for and now those bands are starting to get like i don't know how like i don't know what's like getting into the water or whatever but people are now starting to make the move into the independent scene and it's they're, they're invading yeah well, it, it's really cool to see <laughs> you know? awesome yeah because like th- those bands are obviously great bands like you don't you don't play like four or five nights a week without being like fucking amazingly tight yeah. so now those guys are getting into the scene and it's just like creating a really cool mix because everybody just everybody just wants to like shake hands and be friends like <laughs> that's the, that's a really cool thing about the scene too is that it's really supportive like like pretty much up and down yeah that, that's definitely one thing I have noticed like playing random 
shows here and there, everybody's just really supportive here. Mm-hmm. Totally. Is everybody is totally willing to come up to you at the end of the show and just be like, you know, that was a really good job or whatever. Like, you yeah. know, keep doing what you're doing. And to people who make things, that's that means so much, you know? Oh, that's like, so that like changes the game up, you know? That's yeah. what changes it from being like, oh, you know, I just, you know, that's what changed me from telling people like, oh, yeah, I'm just like in this... I'm in this band, it's pretty, you know, it's all right. To like, play in a basement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to going and telling it like loudly and obnoxiously telling everybody I know, like, yeah, I'm in a band and it's awesome because we're <laughs> part of this like killer community and everybody like, every, people like it. Like, people enjoy coming out and going to shows and just like sharing their, people like coming out and sharing their evenings with us to get like dank and sweaty in a, in a <laughs> dank bar. Dank and sweaty. <laughs> And it's just, it's awesome. Yeah, and uh, things like Rocking for Dollars, I mean, three bucks, you get to see, like, what, ten bands? It's, yeah. yeah. With that. There's eight to ten bands yeah. every Wednesday. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And, like, there's no telling who shows up. No. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> there's, no, there's, no, there's no, like, talent barrier. It's it's like the anti-battle of the bands. Yeah, Straight up. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can literally see, like, like they, they've had members from like really awesome touring bands come in and do like a haphazard like thrown together set and it's amazing and then they'll have like pan terrible yeah <laughs> or big the cat or big the cat there, there's this one group of guys i can't remember what their name is and like all power to them they they try and play like as many songs as possible in like fifteen yeah. minutes, and they they, they play like forty two songs. Yeah, they they come out with like a whiteboard and it's like got all the songs. And like, all right, now we're gonna play this one. It's like, all right, now we're gonna go through this one. And like, you really you're at the mercy of you know whatever the hell just happens to be there that night. And sometimes you get exposed to like really really cool stuff. And you're like, wow! And you you find a new awesome band, and maybe you play a show with somebody. Yeah. And then sometimes you meet people who just love to fuck you around, and then you get to be friends because they're just probably pretty cool too, you know? It's, it's funny. Uh, it's like those guys in the Bobby Hills. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I call I I call I always call the first band of Rockin' for Dollars every night the litmus test. The litmus test. And I mean, because it's how lit the night's gonna be. <laughs> totally. No, no, no. Because I have this theory, and 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 BJ Downey can confirm or deny this if he's listening to this. But my theory is that he books the most weird out there band to start the night. And it's like the litmus test because it like you see the bar both pack up and and thin out as soon as that bands are like the people who are just like okay and they just leave and then as they're leaving there's all these like weird awesome people coming in but it's like it's like it's like the first band thins the herd a little bit and like tests the waters like I, you I don't know I could be totally off base but I feel like every time we go for rock dolls like the first band is just so is so out there and like awesome but like different you know yeah it's it's always like (laughs) it's never just like a straight up band of any kind it's always got to be some sort of like what the hell is this guy will get up there and play walk by pantera for 15 minutes (laughs) which actually happened it was awesome terrible that's on youtube they recorded that i know god bless that's awesome um so I don't know, but some people like in the scene that I've heard at least say that you know if you're a band or if you're a DJ or something like that that you should never play for free. 
And I honestly, I sort of disagree with that, especially yeah. like you have things like rocking for dollars and lots of the times you just need to get your name out there totally. too. And they're doing mm-hmm. you a huge favor by, um, you know, giving you that opportunity. Did you see that Instagram comment where the guy was like getting mad at rocking for dollars for like, no, well, because I guess he heard that cause everyone, even bands playing yeah. pay $3 to get in. Okay, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But if you play, you get a free beer. Yeah. So there's your, there's your $3 more covered. Yeah. And then you get to spin the wheel and maybe win like a thousand bucks. Yeah. Right? So that's awesome. like no one I've talked to in this scene has a problem with that. No. No one. And some just random dude <laughs> yeah. out of left field just comes in and yeah. starts neck beer. Yeah, no, it's, it. it's like you're saying, like it's like the exposure is awesome and just building that community. And, and my two big roles for book, cause I do the majority of the booking and my two big roles are, um, like, I don't really care how much we get paid. I just will never pay to play. Yeah. yeah. Cause that's just, that's a whole can of worms that I don't want to open. And then my second big thing is just communication. You know what I mean? It's just like, we're playing for free that's cool let's just like just tell us that right like, yeah we're happy to donate our time yeah we don't care right like when we first started no one would no one but verns yeah and clint at verns god bless him no one would no one would book us but clint <laughs> so and he'd book you and he'd like i mean he'd always make sure you get at least you know 50 100 bucks and yeah, no, beer. it was great it was great yeah. But, like yeah i don't know like i i really don't mind play, playing for free as long as it's yeah, I mean, as long as it's clear that you're that's what you're doing, right? Like, yeah, yeah it's a yeah. very very fine line, you know. It's like, on the one hand, you don't want to set a precedent. Kind of, you don't want to tote yourself too big and be like, you know, I gotta make this, you know, yeah. or I'm not, or you know, frig you, I'm not gonna play your. It's weird for us thing. to talk about this too because I feel like we're in this transitional phase where we're getting out of just playing any show that we can get. Yeah, but we're like, I don't think I don't feel comfortable like demanding prices. Or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just it's yeah. it's totally. I really have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I, I know a lot. But of people then will do that too. Like, yeah, actually, do. like have like a set amount that's like, oh well, we're we're not going to show up if we don't get this amount. Yeah, or a guarantee. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of a lot of a lot of promoters are going to fucking laugh you out the yeah, door. It's, yeah. it's, it just seems so douchey to me. It's yeah. Just, well, it, it, it like reasonably like for a touring act and that sort of thing like that isn't yeah. that is yeah it's something you should be able to do because you got to have gas money yeah we, we, we did that survive. once we did that yeah. once because we played in lethbridge yeah and we just we just asked for like a hundred bucks i think it was yeah just which wouldn't even like cover our hotel and gas, but just to kind of like help yeah for sure you know mitigate yeah, yeah but I, I i think when you know just like a local band like playing in and around town like starting to do that like you're really like you're you're you're, you're like trying to push a market that doesn't really exist you know you yep. can't, you're, you're trying to get more money out of you're something banking on people's goodwill yeah but yeah. like even banking on people's goodwill like you, you pretty much have to sell out a room to be able to demand a certain amount of money like there has to be like kind of a surplus of stuff going on not like literally barely enough to get everybody kind of paid you know which is usually yeah. how shows go like yeah. i've run a couple shows myself and even when you get like a couple hundred people through the door, you still only have enough money to really pay like exactly what you had kind of a lot of it, like a lot of it first. Like you can only cover like your expenses and a little bit outside of that. Like yeah. you really have to do really fucking well to make a lot of money, especially in like music. So I, I think the whole thing of like playing a show because you're getting paid or like demanding a certain amount to get paid is like ideally it's a good business decision but 
I don't think that playing music professionally was ever a good business decision. So, yeah. and, that, and, and like that shouldn't mean that you know it, it, there you know then you know he can't have good business decisions and good music decisions. But especially at the level that we're at now, like you know, it, I, I think like all of the shows we've taken so far, at least with myself in the band, like there've been great opportunities just for one to play and also to get just seen and for people to yeah, hear what's yeah. going on because that's that's largely what it needs to be i mean we're not you know we're not playing in people's backyards and the, I, I played a bisexual barbecue once in like one of my old bands we played was, at one of the this is a funny story um, <laughs> um we played a stampede breakfast once <laughs> oh, oh yeah <laughs> For like, they paid us in pancakes, and it was awesome. It was great. <laughs> I, would, I would love to get paid in pancakes. <laughs> that, that would be sweet. I, th- I think was funny because breakfast would be amazing. It was actually, but it was great. Can't because feed yourself with pancakes. Wait. <laughs> it was. That's it exposure. Was, it was awesome because it was like seniors and parents of of our friends. And they all were like they were just so supportive, but it was just way too loud for them. That's what oh yeah. Oh yeah. So they're standing like, like feet away from us, but they were like tapping their feet, and, you know, like. And I remember that was really good. You could really, probably yeah. turn it down a little bit, though. <laughs> I moment I'll never forget. I like I was rocking. I was doing the whole like rock and roll thing, and my glasses fell off my face on the ground. And this really old, she must have been like in her sixties, woman came up and like, super really gently, old. <laughs> super gently came up and. And and grab my glasses for me and folded them up and put her in in her purse. <laughs> and after the show, and she's like, "That was really good." <laughs> Give me my glasses back. <laughs> what a gem! I know. What, what a, an what an absolute peach. Yeah, yep. but like, that was great experience to play. I'd you do know. it again. We played a pool. Well, that was probably the that was probably the weirdest that we've ever done. Yeah, it was really fun though. There's nothing quite like finishing a rock and roll show and then doing a backflip into a into a swimming pool yeah and then getting noise complaints from like down the down a street from the <laughs> oh yeah I played the west side uh, leisure center once like that wave pool really nice. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> like I don't even know how or why or what it was but you know yeah bunch of instruments you know then a 10 foot drop into a wave pool. That would actually be awesome. Like, we were awesome. literally right on the edge and people were swinging off the balls. I think that's the yeah. west side. Or Southland. Southland, yeah, that's the, that's the one, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, so, I mean, yeah, basically, I mean, like, we're kind of, like, we'd like to make, like, we're trying to, we're trying to save up to, like, buy a van so we can go tour, but, like... You gotta play shows like that. You gotta play, yeah. like, the hole in the wall and the... Oh, yeah. The... The life-threatening <laughs> places, because like, yeah, you know, like, what are you in a band for if you're not month, trying to do that kind of stuff? Yeah, like half a month ago, we, we played in someone's house for like a theater fundraiser, because it was just, just, you know, we just love playing music. Exactly. Yeah, that's the point, and, right? It's, totally. You're not doing it, like, you're doing it to have fun. You do it because you enjoy doing it. Yeah. yeah. No, so this is a business. Long, excuse me. As long as you're not hustling tickets for some company, and, yeah. Yeah. you know, that's dictating your set time. Like, that's... Uh, Sell 25 tickets, and you get to headline. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Does that stuff, like, actually go down? Yeah, oh, dude. oh, oh man. Wow. We're, we're, we're kind of referring very specifically yeah. to a certain, uh, <laughs> certain company well, in yeah. town. Well, there was Supernova back in the day. Back you ever heard of day. Supernova? No. Supernova was a company that would like take young. I played one show at them, and they'd yep. scoop up young bands of any, like in theory, pretty cool. They'd like put on these huge shows at like community centers, get like thirty or so bands to play. Um, but they would like 
how many ticket like you would have to hustle tickets for them and how many tickets you sold depended like totally uh decided when you got to play and who you got to play with and, and usually well because it was still like a talent competition yeah and whoever sold the most tickets was the band that won Okay. In almost every situation, it's just I don't know. It's just no. I and it was the same thing because I played yeah. a couple shows with them before, and uh, my band manager with my old band was wise enough to uh, do some stipend where like we only had to sell tickets for half price, and then we did like a barbecue right outside the New Black. If you played a barbecue, <laughs> well, no. Or so we set up like a, a barbecue like fundraiser right oh, outside okay. the New Black, and we we're like fifteen bucks. You get into the show. <laughs> And you get barbecue. That's awesome. And like we ended up making money off that. Yeah, like, it's a killer though. hustle. But the bottom line is like, me, like they would just they would just extort exactly. young artists oh, yeah. to do all their promotion Shit. for them and not pay them a cent, yeah. and then totally and like use the the carrot on the stick to, you know, like maybe you get to play at like nine for you know, yeah, ten people like because yeah. yeah. everyone yeah. has to go to school the next day. Yeah, and now there's another. Company, I can't remember what they're called. Landmark, Landmark events. I played a show with Landmark. Can I just say I haven't sworn yet, but fuck Landmark events. <laughs> Can we get a unanimous fuck Landmark yeah, events? Yeah, definitely fuck Landmark yep. events. Because they just and they've been messaging so many bands in Calgary. Like they messaged Adam Otter, yeah. and yeah. he like he posted a really funny reply to them on his Instagram. <laughs> yeah, they, um, they they pretty much message anybody and everybody. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're just it's the same it's the same thing it's the same racket it's like yeah. sell X amount of tickets. You know, if except now I think it's like if you sell X amount of tickets, then then you get to play. Like you're not even guaranteed to play. I think. Uh, now yeah, like, I, I I played a show with them in my did last you? band. Uh, yeah, and because we didn't really, yeah, oh, and we yeah. we didn't really understand like the whole shebang of it. Like we weren't really aware yeah. of how fucking scary never, it was. I haven't but, worked with them at all, so this is. Yeah, no, it 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 was. I think we had to sell like. I think we had to sell like thirty or forty tickets to even oh, be allowed to play, yeah. and, and I I knew a couple <laughs> bands in town who were like like uh, like good singers, good songwriters, good talent and stuff, and they just you know because they couldn't sell thirty tickets beforehand, then they just got like, swept under the rug, and yeah. you know because fucking bullshit, and uh, they they reached out to us, so we didn't have to pay anything, but you had to pay. Uh, like a sign up fee to get in touch like so right out the gate it's like oh wow super awesome and th- so you, you had to pay to talk to them yeah basically <laughs> and, and, and then they have a After then they have they a meeting them. with all the bands in town they like go to a hotel make it look like all real professional and you meet in like a little meeting room and they uh they try and swindle you and uh they successfully swindled us into um High quality audio and video footage of the show, which was like a fucking fuzzy camera, like way at the back of Republic <laughs> that hadn't even been focused or anything. The oh, audio God. sounded really good. It's like Cutco Knifeco. Basically, you know, and they fucking pyramid scheme. And and it was sixty bucks to get that footage. <laughs> On top of like you had to pay for all this other stuff, and then the tickets you weren't even gonna see your ticket money. Like there there was a band that sold like a hundred and fifteen tickets. They didn't get a cent of it, you know. Yeah. And they won the competition because because they sold so many tickets. Not even based on the performance. And that's kind of what it was supposed to be. Is it was gonna be like a you know you're playing for industry professionals and stuff like that, and you know you could make it in the big time and. Rec- 
record in this studio in the sticks in fucking Alberta and really just make an ass of yourself in recording and that's what he did and, and, and the guys who were in the band who sold the most tickets never actually got the recording session that they were promised because it just like went up in smoke or whatever oh so God. so even them like exceeding the kind of qualifications that this fucking scummy company wanted they still just didn't get any kind of payoff whatsoever these guys just fucking laughed up the hill with everybody's money and they continue trying to do it that's ridiculous yeah wow that's where I think the communication, can, like what I was saying. Like, yeah, I think like I kind of I kind of take it on myself. I can't speak for you guys, but like when we go to play a show where we may or may not get paid, like it's door cut, whatever. Then I kind of take it on myself. Like I kind of view it as a partnership between us and the promoter, where like we are going to do our best to get as many asses in the bar as possible. You know, whether yeah. it's like blasting on social media or posters, whatever. Right, because that's how they make money: is people drinking, people eating. Mm-hmm. That's the, you know. And in return, if they can show us some love, that's cool, right? And companies like this, they just, they want all the all the take and none of the give, mm-hmm. you know? It's just... That's ultimately what it is. It's like, it's a, it's a symbiotic relationship between everybody, you know? It's like, as a bar, you're giving us a place to showcase this thing that we've worked really hard on. And in return, like, we'll, like you said, we'll bust ass and put as many people in that door as possible. And, like, at the end of the day... And play as hard as we can. Yeah, at the end of the day, everybody wins like that. yeah. Yeah, that's. Uh, I, I'm glad that you actually brought that up. I'm glad that we can get that out there. Oh, yeah. yeah, that kind of shit. That's what like. Yeah. That's and they're going around. Like I've seen. Like I've. I saw uh, Taylor Cochran from Thirty Six posted on because like, they messaged him and he sent them a big tirade. They messaged us. Yeah. And we slammed the door in their face. They messaged. I, I, like I said, uh, Adam from yeah. Water Otter. Like. It probably hit. It's unreal. Darn near like, everybody. Adam, Adam actually posted it because they, like, they had included the entire email blast list of oh, everyone shit. they were emailing. And then he and they didn't they didn't blind carbon copy it. So he So Adam emailed everyone and was like, Don't don't go with this company. Like they're so unprofessional that they didn't even know how to blind carbon copy your emails. So I can get in touch with you. Well and yeah, really it shouldn't be taboo whatsoever to call out bullshit promoters like no, that. No, no. Because that's not professional. No. That's that's you can do so much better. That's the pyramid so scheme better. of the music yeah. industry. Yeah. Every band, bullshit. Don't I don't care. You can do so much better. There's yeah. so many really cool bunch of artists in the city. You don't need to don't stoop to landmark events, Lowell. Yeah, you don't need to... Do go to landmark like theaters. <laughs> we have a sponsorship with landmark theaters. Yeah, landmark After this podcast. After this. It's in the works still. <laughs> We're just yeah. hoping if we mention them enough on enough podcasts, they'll just start throwing us free stuff. <laughs> I just want Mr. Pibb. That was... That was I don't want to get off, get that off my chest for so long. Yeah. <laughs> just, good talk, guys. Good it talk. Bothered me so much. When I, yeah. Oh. Well, that's like that, that is ridiculous. But it's good that there is this community of musicians that is willing to let each other know. You know, hey, mm-hmm. don't go with yeah. these guys because mm-hmm. they're fucking people over. So. Well, that's how that's how we had kind of been wary of them because I heard my fellow musicians going public and saying like these guys are you know I think I think Rockefeller Dollars actually posted yeah something it was them yeah. and like four days later we got the email four days later we got an email saying hey like do you want official recording time it's like fuck, fuck yourself yeah yeah oh my god like it, it's it's pretty low to like try and fucking take advantage of people who are already like scraping at the fucking bottom and when you realize yeah. yeah when you realize when you realize what a sham they are then you start to realize like, they use the really pretty looking like stock photos of musicians to like make it look super professional and just, 
overexposed. Well, it's marketing, crowds. you know. Yeah, yeah, it is really good marketing. I oh mean, yeah, totally. They have. I will say they have stellar. They have very well formatted emails. <laughs> Exceptional. Exceptional. Excellent, Excellent emails. If landmark events are listening. Everyone, you could do better. <laughs> Quit your job. Go work in an office. Do something real. Stop trying to scam musicians. Watch exactly. train spotting and reevaluate your life. Try and Start a band. Yeah. Learn to paint. Open a salsa company. I don't care. Open a just, salsa company. Just, <laughs> noise project. Yeah, do anything. Just <laughs> don't work at landmark events. Don't do it, please. Um, so I'm kind of like wondering about your guys' influences a little bit. Because I, I gave your the EP a listen and I, re- I I dug it a lot. I found it like really it was really fun, like, kind of Thank upbeat, nice. just kind of something you would want to go and party with your friends with, you know. Yeah. yeah, I can imagine myself being in a bar and just like listening to it and having a really good time drinking some beers and That's awesome. Yeah, so I'm just kind of like, how has your personal music taste influenced this album? I guess. Well, I was a total like punk rocker in high school. Yeah. And then I got really into like the Beach Boys and like surf music and like '60s garage rock and stuff. And and uh, for a while we were trying to like be a surf band, but not really. And it was kind of lame. Like I mean, kind of. It was like we were like <laughs> doing our darndest to kind of. I want to say just like be waves. Yeah, it was <laughs> very tongue in cheek. Like we had a song called "Never Gone Surfing" that we played for a while. Yeah. <laughs> That was kind of funny because we were like, we're a surf band. We want to be a surf band. We live in Alberta, so we can never go surfing. So, <laughs> And then there's a lot of really awesome, again, going back to how diverse our music scene is, there's a lot of awesome, really legit surf bands in Calgary, like the 427s or the Special Edisons, right? Like Surf kitties. Yeah, at this point now, it's just... Uh, I think Sean put it really well when it's like, when he said, um, we... I think it was you that said it. Anyway, we just we just play things that we would want to listen to. Exactly. You yeah. know, there that's doesn't, what you should do. Yeah. We, there yeah. doesn't need to be any sort of, like, confines to, yeah. like, what exactly we are. Everyone's like, you know, oh, are you guys... I, I kind of... I almost... It sounds really hyper-pretentious and awful, but I almost, like dread when people ask us like what what kind of band are you because it's like because it's, like, it, it's like are you are you what they mean is like are you like a rock band are you like a punk band yeah. are you like uh like are you do you fall within like one of these four things are you like country you know and it's like well we're like we're like horror inspired surf garage punk western like everything and once you're that many words deep people just start to they stop listening yeah. to you and think it's you're a douchebag yeah, yeah, yeah exactly so I it's can't just like music in boxes but at the yeah, same yeah. time if you're like you can't really define our genre then that like it's exactly. the same thing. Yeah. it's like as I'm saying that I, I feel you can feel yourself like, cringing and you're like oh god why do I do yeah, this yeah, to I people you just have to say it angrily because if you say it, it's like well you know we can't really put our music into a genre it's like <laughs> well that makes you sound like an asshole but if you're like we can't put our music into a genre and it's, it's just music then people are like, <laughs> don't define ourselves. You know, they're they're no longer like rolling their eyes. They're they're like watching you, making sure you're not going to swing at them. <laughs> Demand the attention of people when you're trying to get across your totally weird pretentious points. Yeah, yeah. So but I just I just we play rock and roll. That's yeah. what I say. It's, it's kind of the rock just, and roll is like I, I know, know it's vague, but it's, it's we it's play like music exceptionally vague. Exactly. That we want. To party to, yeah. and we hope you want to party to. I will too. say, like we've we've hit a really, we finally had a really good balance of people now in the band. Like like there was lineup changes for a while, 
Um, and it was like the songwriting was always shifting because new people bring new influences, right? Mm-hmm. And with Sean and Gus uh, working with us, it's it's gotten to a point now where we're comfortable enough with each other to just play whatever we want, like whatever, like no, you know, like if I'm sitting there songwriting, I. I don't feel like I have to. Oh, this doesn't sound cheap enough like us. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, it's and just, again, fuck that. Like. Which is super liberating. <laughs> and it's yeah. awesome. It's just because, like, like, these guys are awesome to work with. Like, like, the, like the four of us, it's, it's great chemistry. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I could be wrong. You're dead fucking wrong. <laughs> dead wrong. <laughs> this is the worst band ever. Yeah. You know, but it's like, it's like I used to, because, like, I mean, I write most of the lyrics, and it used to be all about, like, drinking beers and, like, Riding bikes and horror movies, and that stuff's still there. But uh, I, I feel way more comfortable like delving a bit more deeper and like yeah. more personal, right? And, and, and more human themes. Yeah, yeah. Like explore, like you know, like uh, I spit on your grave um, is about like my sexual confusion in high school. You know, which is like something I never would have even dreamed of like plunging into. Putting on a record, and putting on a record, yeah, listen like, to it, sing it back to you, and shit like totally, that. Totally, totally, and you know, and like, like it's 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 very cool. Like it's very it's very liberating at this point, and uh, yeah, and it's like it's funny. I even said like we play rock and roll, but like we just wrote a song recently that's not very rock and roll. So it's like, yeah, well, the, I, I find the because the way that we've been writing music uh, since I've been in the group is like it, it chiefly starts someone has like a. Like the bulk of an idea, foundation. Like, yeah, like something yeah. to really like work off of, and s- someone will have an idea based off of that idea, and then that idea then rolls into the next person, and they're like, "Oh, well, then I've got an idea off of your idea," and then it, it it's keeps very collaborative. Going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it almost like like perfectly like a domino effect. Like it just kind of goes around in a circle until we've got a song that it's it's not like horrendously like bastardized from what it used to be you know and it's it but it's also not like it's definitely not anything that one person could have come up with just sitting there you know it's because it's it's got different different elements that are brought to the table obviously by everybody's different influences different backgrounds and it's 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 cool because it's not not like like you said it's not quite rock and roll music and even like the old stuff is like you know it's 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 like like guitar groove kind of music, and then this stuff is more. I, don't know, I feel like this stuff has just got like a a, a, a particular quality to it, and the, like the old stuff does as well. Like all of the music has a, a particular quality to it; otherwise, it wouldn't be that good. But I feel like this stuff is very much like it's got the mark of the four of us. Yeah, like it's very, very much so. dynamic. Like, That's yeah. the word I want to use totally. for it. We're like Voltron or Gotenks. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Form into one yeah. being and write an awesome song. What's that? Voltron. Are you on drugs? No. What? Voltron? Have you never Go-tanks? heard of Voltron? Voltron? Gotenks is like Go or Goten and, and, and Trunks yeah. from Dragon Ball Z. You never watched Dragon Ball Z. Voltron. Oh. Voltron is so it's like panther robots. Yeah, oh, okay. and they, yeah. they form into a giant like humanoid. So I know, I know Goku, uh, and I know. Okay, it's like uh, Power Rangers. They could like ah, they have like the giant robot yeah. suits. Oh, okay. Zorts. Yeah. Zorts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we yeah. found it. Got it. <laughs> Crisis averted. Yeah, that was no. a close one. You were almost. Uh, you were almost I, I thought we were, kicked out of the band. Yeah. I thought we were gonna break up on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Heard it here first, folks. Fuck this noise. Yeah. I think it's it's helpful too because like I've noticed that all four of us are totally willing to praise each other and also to say when something's not working. That's just great. Which like, is and when you're comfortable with that and you don't take it personally and you don't like you, you're just you're in pursuit of the final product, 
being as good as it can be, like it's mm-hmm. that's invaluable. I think I definitely yeah. you definitely need those people who are willing to just tell it like you know be straight with you and just tell you yeah. like you yeah. know this like you could change it here this doesn't work here like and then put it through the ringer like we had a, we have a new song we were pl- we played live like a few times and then we were in practice one day we didn't really have anything else to do and I think it was Gus was just like yeah the bridge is not working for me and we just and we literally spent like three hours like just trying to crashing it taking it apart yeah. and it was it was like shitty like it was it was like it got like really repetitive it, it, it was it like takes a while yeah at the end of it it was like so satisfying it was yeah. like oh yes you know get that endorphin rush when it actually yeah. just clicks and now perfectly. it's so yeah. much now it's like so much better it's like like you said like so much more than it could have been before been like finely crafted now it's not just sort of yeah lego blocked together <laughs> and now we've actually got we got the instruction manual and exactly. put it together properly yeah. and <laughs> You guys have some like great analogies. Smooth as eggs. We're very, you know, that's how we understand most of life. I think through a series of <laughs> pop, pop culture, culture references. references. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you, you were saying that like the band needs like someone who need like someone who is willing to like bring up like oh I don't particularly feel good about that or that wasn't like super awesome and. Uh, I remember you and I spoke about this once. Like, Sean and I once said that, because uh, we both have prior experience in other bands, and a big look at us. <laughs> <laughs> I've only been in the live music industry for the past 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> um, eight years. Um, oh, look at you. Yeah, look at me. I'm, I'm losing my point now. Um, <laughs> but when, when you're in a band full of people that aren't willing to be honest and. Like especially when shit isn't working and oh, people yeah. are just kind of like oh whatever like, oh, or when people take themselves too so seriously yeah that's that's another yeah. kind of they're, shitty they're, thing they're just such an artist and they just it's yeah. just perfect and they can't like I was <laughs> in one band and like the experience was great overall but definitely when it came down to songwriting a lot of the time it was just like a stone wall like I was just you know playing keyboards just a pair of hands I was just <laughs> just a pair of hands that's an in joke um but yeah, and, and it kind of sucked, is, and like, when I got into the detractions, I would like, try and bring something up, and then feel really bad for even thinking of bringing something up. It took a while to get you out of that. Yeah, and like, I'd just get like, super down on myself before, and then just like, we'd finish practice, and I wouldn't be happy with something, and I just wouldn't do anything, because that's how I was accustomed to doing it for the past six years. Yeah. And it was just like... I want to pry that out of you with a crowbar. <laughs> and pretty much did. And yeah. I had the same thing in my previous band, and like it, it doesn't start out that way, I don't ever think. You know, everybody kind of comes into the band with the super ideological, like, well, we're gonna, like, live in a house together, we're gonna, like, share, like, girls, and, like, we're all gonna pitch on an eight ball every like, weekend. <laughs> we're gonna rent a house, like, an old haunted mansion in Marietta, Georgia. That's... Just live there for a summer. And yeah. You guys have write really new songs. Write right, the next season. Like, super or whatever. And, and then, you know, as things kind of go down the line at, at least I think in maybe like an initial experience cause it, as as well as this was like the oh, the old band it was also the first band and it was everybody else's first band as well so not only are you a bunch of adolescent fuckwads who don't know how to express yourselves emotionally to the rest of the world you're True also that. in a band which is like it's like dating someone times four or five or however many other people in the band because you have like 
you can't not be on some kind of an emotional level with the people that you're making music with. Like, uh, unless you, you know, you're working for James Brown and he's paying you fucking eight hundred dollars a night. Or Danzig. Yeah, and you get beat at the end of the night if you know you fuck up your notes. Then that's yeah, yeah, a yeah. bit different. But but when the when it's Boo-boo. kind of like a <laughs> but it's a more like communal atmosphere like this. Like you can't, I don't know, you you can't get those kind of divides. And that kind of like estrangement between like members of the band, because like that, like Sean is talking about um, how he would feel bad about bringing forward song ideas and stuff like that. I've experienced that with previous bandmates where they didn't feel comfortable bringing forth an idea for one reason or another, and you know it's that's shitty because that's you know that's kind of a core part of the band is like feeling that you can put forth your opinion and your creativity and having someone tell you that they're like oh no i I don't feel comfortable really sharing ideas or giving you guys any of that stuff it's like well what the fuck are you here for (laughs) like what are we doing like come on (laughs) so i i've definitely like especially in this band like particularly tried to be vocal about anything that actually like if i I, if i feel and if i feel it enough to want to say it i will say it instead of just being like oh well you know i could i could kind of put this aside or not really deal with it it's like if i feel like it's worthwhile in saying then that in and of itself means that i should at least vocalize it and if everybody shuts it down and tells me i'm a pair of hands and you know the drummer doesn't talk (laughs) there you go that's how it happens but it, it, at least I at least I opened the door, you know. At least I tried at first, and that's an important step to take. Is like even if you even if you feel like you're gonna get shit on, go out there and get a little shit on, because sometimes it that helps. Then you can move the shit around and have everybody gets a little. I don't know where I'm going with that. You gotta, you gotta be the change you want to see in the world. <laughs> hey, <laughs> what up? What yeah, that was Martin Luther King, right? Gandhi. Gandhi. Yeah. Gandhi. <laughs> Uh, Wayne Gretzky. Oh, oh. Michael Scott. <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> um, so have you guys played many all-ages shows? As many as we can. Yeah, yeah. not nearly as many as we would like, but as yeah. many as we can. It's weird. I was just talking to a friend about this and how it's super frustrating how that scene is just like withering on the vine. Yeah, it seems to be dying out a little bit. Because when I was in yeah, high school, well, yeah, it like dies and then people try and bring it back and then it's just not cost effective like when I was in high school um, there was always shows happening at community centers like all the time mm-hmm. there was like all these like punk and metal bands or like hardcore bands and blah 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 and it was like you could pay like five bucks and they're all ages and you just get in and see all these bands and like I, I can't really remember any of the bands that played them yeah. like, I don't think any of them really are around anymore but like but like having that like that's what got me into it like I probably wouldn't be here talking to any of you if, it, if that if that had been kind of my gateway drug, because I would literally every day of class in high school, I'd be like just waiting for Friday to like go anywhere. Like I didn't care any, yeah. any show, any any genre, whatever, right? And that just doesn't happen anymore. With good reason, because like community centers, like I'm sure property was getting damaged a lot and underage drinking and all the shenanigans. But like, yeah. it's just it's a it's a no win scenario right now, right? Because yeah. it's like people got to make money to put these things on, right? But like, how do you make money doing? Yeah, all ages. Yeah. And like my old band, I'll just name drop, we were called Random Task Collective. We were around for a long time. Um, and we were, or we helped set up the first all ages um, 
show or stage rather at Sled Island, I think back in 2008. And then we actively, you know, created the, the a continuing all ages stage for Sled Island for the next three years after that. And we had all these showcases and stuff, but no one else was putting those on. It was us, you know, doing the, the grunt work and, and you know, stopped putting, just... yeah. And, 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 you know, getting people out of their basements, you know, like these singer songwriters that, you know, were nervous to even go on stage in the first place and, yeah. you know, giving them a voice, giving them a backing band if they wanted to. And, what that scene really needs is another random task collective. It just needs someone who's willing to put in that effort to be sort of the, the head of the all-ages scene while still being an all-ages band. It, like, ultimately, you know, we got to get some high schoolers who can have that initiative and, and just go for it. Um, or else the scene's just going to stay stagnant, yeah. you know? Um, there, there are some cool under, like, uh, there's a band called A-Bomb. Um, that's... <laughs> They play Cubby Dog a lot, and like I, I don't know. I think they're of age now, but like for the longest time they were underage, and like they were like the underage, like awesome band I I'd heard of and seen, and like they're super cool. And they worked a lot with this, uh, a company called Major Minor. Yep. And Major Minor is kind of the big like they're one of the few promoters doing the big yeah they're doing mm-hmm. the big push for all ages. Yeah. Like they they keep putting on shows with a lot of cool bands. Yeah. Like. Uh, like they got a lot Ghost going Factory, on. Let's play one, and yeah. like we played, we played in the summer with yeah. them. And yeah, they're always all ages, you know, and uh, like it's awesome to see someone trying to and, mm-hmm. and like they're yeah. they're kind of way into that. I found is like they've been finding really creative ways to like they're like they're doing this thing now where they're doing shows at bowling alleys. Yeah, and, they got. It seems like kind of a seems like they're kind of expanding on that. They had they have the punk rock bowling go, yeah. going on, and then more recently I've seen they started uh, punk rock axe throwing. What? <laughs> yeah, straight up. The, you ever heard of that freaking battle? Is it Battlegrounds? No. It's an axe. Oh. It's a place you go and you throw axes at things. That's it sounds awesome. dope. And <laughs> that's their new sort of all-ages event that uh, oh. seems to be... I mean, I wholeheartedly hope catches on because, Jesus Christ, throwing axes in punk rock. Think about that for they a minute. Like, they should do, like, log tossing. Yeah, <laughs> also, straight up. Also with all ages music. I sincerely yeah. hope Major Minor just gets the themselves into every Olympic yeah. events. And shot put in punk, punk rock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's Kill cool. And that. I mean, like, there's like there's still, effort. like, Tummy Dog still does shows, and they're always yeah. all ages. I know uh, Immedia does all ages Media shows Immedia does all ages. Broken well. City uh, sometimes. The National, so, the National Music Center tries to put stuff on. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's not, like, great. dead. It's just, like, it's not as accessible, I feel. Yeah. yeah. It, it sucks, because I think of how many amazing artists and musicians who are, like, in grade 10, grade 11 right now, and, like, they have no idea that there's this whole mm-hmm. community yeah. yeah, just they're, waiting for them. They're playing in people's houses or... Or in their basement. Or community or just, centers or, like, largely in gallery spaces, it seems yeah. like. That's kind of, like, where the facilitation is, mostly. Because that was, like, yeah, my first... Like, the first band I was ever in, like, we would play, like, basements of friends' houses and then, like, community centers, like, anywhere, really, because we were all, like, 16. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, yeah, no, it's 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 cool seeing people trying to, to move forward and finding creative ways to make it financially viable because that's always the big because like you know if you can't sell alcohol like how yeah. do you make money right? yeah exactly so and that unfortunately is the sort of reality of it right yeah, mm-hmm. but I guess if you do incorporate things like bowling or axe throwing mm-hmm. yeah like exactly that, there's that yeah there's that, that extra capital. incentive even yeah. yeah things like axe throwing <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like 
Yeah, like they come and go. Like we like we played in a movie theater once, didn't we? And it was all ages, I think. Yeah, I think the one at the was at the Globe, right? The Globe, yeah. Atomic Summer. That was a good show. Yeah, it was like an art show. They got a bunch of ACAD students to put their artwork up, and like they'd screen movies, and they had bands playing like in front of the. Like, it was really cool. It was creative. Yeah, you know, it's like that creative, like Tron's saying, you need that creativity to drive it forward, right? Things yeah. keep happening. I just hope they keep happening and mm-hmm. kind of keep building and building and building, right? Because I think the biggest, the biggest obstacle is that you can't have these shows in the venues in town where people are playing regularly. So they need to have kind of a creative way of going about and finding spaces that are actually facilitate yeah. local bands and also be willing to like get a music license and put up with that shit as well and like actually put on a show and deal with the cleanup of you know Most a bunch of people yeah, yeah people like hanging out near venue for like three and four hours getting drunker and drunker and rowdier and rowdier and you know it's, it is a lot to bring on and stuff but I, I know we've um, what was it a uh, Good Life Bikes, I think, just recently yeah. got a, a music license. And what? They're putting on uh, all ages shows there. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah totally. So it, there's definitely, like... it'll people never try. Yeah, it'll yeah. never go yeah. away. Yeah. It'll yeah. never go away, that's for sure. There's always going to be people who are trying to get, you know, their foot in the door and try and get yeah. stuff started. There's a there's like an there's a underage uh, all girls like music camp. Oh yeah, girl, a, girls rock camp. Girls that, rock camp that like, goes on like all over the country. Like Misha Louie from Misha and the Spanks and a bunch of other awesome musicians run it and like they give these uh, all these all these young women like the opportunity to like play at Ship and Anchor and play at Tubby Dog. You know, like, it's mm-hmm. awesome. Like, that's, we need more of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we try. Yeah. Like when, like I think we're doing one in March. I think with Major Minor. Yeah. Yeah, punk rock bowling, St. Patty's edition. Yeah, presumably there should be punk rock bare knuckle boxing. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah! Punk rock fight club. Yeah, yeah. straight up. Come all out. ages. All ages. <laughs> Fun for the whole family. Yeah. Do you guys find it uh, maybe even slightly strange playing in front of younger people at all? Or well, like we do have vulgar lyrics, but. I mean, yeah, so there's most things on the radio. That's yeah. true. And also, like, kids nowadays, like, yeah. it doesn't really matter. They know. Yeah, yeah that's true. They can find no, literally anything. I actually, I, I way prefer <clears throat> playing in front of, like, younger audiences because uh, they're not holding a beer that they're afraid to spill. So <laughs> they'll just dance and go nuts and mosh and whatever. Like they, yeah, they'll just give her. Because you, 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 you play, like... Any like any above eighteen, and like like there are people who who go rowdy, but like a lot of the bars huddled over their beer, nodding, yeah. right? Because they they spent seven dollars on this yeah. beverage, they don't <laughs> want to spill it, that. right? <laughs> but like you know, sixteen year old kid doesn't have to worry about that, so he just goes nuts. But see, the thing is, is because a sixteen year old kid isn't allowed to stand at the front and hold a beer. He has to get drunk outside <laughs> the alley. Yeah. So the sixteen year old not kids that we and the condone underage drinking. Oh, I totally do, man. Yeah. Like, the, the, <laughs> get fucking like they get rowdy as fuck they go ham like they're just totally into the show and it's awesome the, the, they don't have they don't have a drink in their hand cause they've gotta like go out back and drink from their buddy's mickey of their mom's pins or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, we would, I just got fucked on O'Doul's man <laughs> we would just when I would go to those shows when I was underage like we'd just sit in our one eighteen year old friend's car and drink the Whatever shitty beer he bought for it, like Lucky or whatever, <laughs> and then black ice. Huff the weed off of his jacket, <laughs> <laughs> and then like toss it over the fence if the cops came. Like, oh. and then just get silly. 
So this is why they stopped happening. I feel bad now. Like, I'm kind of contributed <laughs> to this. Well, I mean, thank you. The, the, yeah. the problem with all ages shows is inherently that you're going to have underage kids getting <laughs> fucked up. Like yeah, that. that that's sort of yeah. like the. Like they they walk hands with each walk in hand with each other. Like that's a lot of people why. don't want to accept that, but it's yeah. Like, and yeah. It, it, it's not it's not because you've got kids. It's not because you've got shows. It's because you've got both at the same time. And like kids, like and anybody wants to party at a show. Like it's it's loud music. It's a bunch of your friends. It's exciting as fuck. And when you're like 16, 15, however old, you know, you, you're already making some of the worst decisions you're going to make for the rest of your life. So let, let's like stick you in a room full of a bunch of people and like start liquoring you up and get you all excited because you're hearing music you like. You know, it's, 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 it's a liability. And anybody who's trying to put on a, an all age show is fucking ignorant as hell if they don't acknowledge that. Yeah. And that's kind of why it's such a hard scene to facilitate because you really have to, you have to be exceptionally good at controlling it and also turning a blind eye to it at the same time, so that kids will want to come out and do it, but they also have to have a certain amount of respect for the people who are facilitating it for yeah. them. And that's, it's kind of hard to get that instilled in kids because they're kids. You know, that's, you, where, that's where it's better no win scenario. Yeah, like it's because there's two sides to it. Like I totally see. Why people? I totally see why kids would want to go and party at these shows because I was that kid mm-hmm. party at the shows, and I also see why a promoter wouldn't want to put on an all ages show and get busted by a GLC. Right? Yeah, you almost so need you like, almost need like a well established all ages scene to start with, you know, like yeah. a, a scene that's already got like you know accountability within it and all this kind of thing. But another issue of all ages scenes is that if someone's in the all ages scene and they're like a, a hardcore scene member and they like go to shows all the time and they throw up posters and do all that kind of stuff, like. They're all ages, they're all ages, they're all ages, they're 21, they're going to regular gigs now, you know, like, yeah. that. Yeah. that's the thing, is the all ages scene is not always going to have the people to support it, mm-hmm. who, yeah. who are going to do the hard work, because then they're in the wor- real world doing hard work on real world things that also need a lot of hard work. Yeah. Like, it, it's yeah. not and that... they can't go back and support at the same time. Yeah, and then you just look weird if you're, like, 24 and, like, throwing all ages shows, people kind of start giving you the weird looks, or... You either have to be, like, someone's dad or a kid... You know, because if you're in your, like, your 30s and you just lost your girlfriend and you're throwing all ages shows, people start, like... <laughs> What's this guy really trying to do? He's, he's got some problems. He needs to go back to his day job, I think. But, I mean, that's just on the side, I think. Yeah. My creepy future. <laughs> Let's hope not. Uh, so, any big things happening for you guys in 2017? <laughs> Big things. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, we got the big winter classic coming up uh, next weekend. This weekend. This weekend. Well, Come that's on. what I meant. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. it's Monday. Yeah, we're playing uh, Saturday at six thirty upstairs. Twenty first. Um, with awesome. like a ton of cool bands are playing, like Feverfeel. Oh yeah. The Ashley Hundred. Napoleon Skywalker. Napoleon Skywalker. It's like the coolest band name. Um. Hoping to hit the road in the summer is like the the goal. I don't know if it'll happen. But yep. that's kind of oh, it's gonna happen. <laughs> we're saying it right we're here. Writing for the full length, definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah, and we're we're writing length. music for a full length record to maybe start recording mid to end of this year. A long play. Look at sorry. A, a long, long play. Yeah. LP. <laughs> Get it done on vinyl. Can't Whoa. do that though. Not here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, you can pay for it, you just might not get it. We, oh, we get them pressed in, like, Germany time. or something, where they don't, uh, they don't just, just... Shut down. Yeah. Wow. Um, I feel like this was taboo to talk about earlier, but... Uh, oh, fuck it. They screwed a bunch of people over. Who? Oh, Cannibal? Cannibal Boy, yeah. Yeah. I, we were like, we were on the radio, like talking about this. It was like it started coming up, and then as soon as it came up, it was like, yeah, kill like, it, it, kill it. Haley was yeah. just like, no, 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 yeah. no. Here we go. Next topic. Off we go. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're not supposed to talk about how people. Well, it came up because we like we can't really afford to do vinyl right now, yeah. so we're doing CDs. And having a plant here in town made it a lot more financially like feasible to get records pressed, right? And now that's gone and a lot of people are like out of the loop and you know out money from what I'm hearing like I'm not I'm not as connected to the whole situation yeah. as some others are but it sounds super shitty like I'm really sorry if I got like screwed over by that yeah <laughs> I, I know they're um cause uh, I, I'm friends with I know some bands are looking to get their master CDs back yeah well the, the guy who did the mastering I um, I know him pretty well and he said that there's they're kind of doing it on a like an individual basis because like there's obviously like a lot of, a lot a lot of, of money and a lot of music at stake and all this kind of thing. Yeah. So, and a lot of it got repossessed. Right? Yeah, like yeah. the there is it. You know, it's just really shitty how it all went down. You know, like don't really need to like get into too many details other than that. But yeah, it's they're they're just trying to work through it as best as they can, which is honestly I think that's probably like the most like positive thing to come out of the whole thing is that you know th these guys didn't just like disappear down the road with a bunch of people's money and music you know like they're well, they're they, trying they, to they're yeah. still like they're gonna be making announcements here, aren't they like that yeah that's that, kind of that, the... that's a thing and then there's they're like also making like kind of like smaller like staggered like uh comments through employees and shit like that like the actual main guy i think his name is like dean something like that yeah, yeah. And see, he hasn't made an official statement, but he's said things through some of his employees, and apparently they are doing it like on an individual claim kind of basis. Where the if you've got like something going on, and you investigate from there, and they kind of like I don't know, they're taking like full responsibility for what's going on and trying to make sure that people still get what they want out of the transaction, and you know, obviously, don't just end up like out money and out a bunch of records and. Like up shit creek without a paddle, pretty much. So I, I, I think it's really good, yeah, yeah. Like and and I mean, obviously, it's probably a very tangled up little business situation. So you I'm sure, some emotions are running high too. Yeah, you yeah. can't you can't can't totally speak for it. Obviously, not being like involved really at all. Yeah, actually, but uh, you know, I, I want it to be. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was definitely looking at that mm -hmm. for the full length. I just think it's like but. yeah, I, I think the way that they're trying to handle it now is very like very amicable you know they're, they're trying to make things happen in the most positive way possible yes yeah. that's all you can really ask for yeah, yeah so back to us <laughs> sorry that's a total tangent but yeah trying to like play the big rare classic trying to get a van get on the road write more music we don't and owe play... people thousands of dollars sorry we don't owe people thousands of dollars we don't not yet <laughs> not with that attitude. Not with that attitude. <laughs> <laughs> At least not that I've told you guys about yet. Uh, <laughs> that'll come up in a few months. Don't worry about it. That's cool. That's for future detractions to worry about. Uh, so what was the recording process like for you guys? Did you... Were you 
like did you go to a studio so we the... we worked um our previous drummer was a guy named eric jesse okay who's an amazing he does uh live sound in the city and uh he's in a band called now called uh time boy they're really cool um but yeah he drummed for us for like, two years and he has a home studio so oh, cool. the sort of initial impetus with the record was we had written about like we had all this old stuff that we played with our previous lineup which uh had peter cormier from peer and the wolves and chris donovan playing bass and uh we went. We we had all this old material we had written with them, and then we wanted to move away from that and write new material with new guys. And we had written like six solid songs at that point, like 2014, I think it was. I'm not, I think 2015. So, 2015. Yeah, and we just wanted to get it on the record so that people could like hear the new, like sound. You know, like like what we sound like right now. So uh, we recorded at his house, at his house in his home studio, like all the all the tracks. And, yeah. Um, we got Mark Troyer. Yeah, from Evergreen Sound. Yeah. I've been working with him for years and he's phenomenal. Like, yeah, he's great. Took our little dinky basement recording. He made some, he made some huge. Yeah, it sounds sound. great. So he did all the mixing and mastering. Um, artwork was by, uh, and then, and then it's funny, he, like, he mixed and mastered them and they sound great and then they just sat, like, on a hard drive for, like, yeah. a year. <laughs> we had, like, three songs done and then we were, like, toying with releasing some of them and then yeah. we were waiting on the other three because he got really busy. Yeah. So it was, like, yeah, as we said, like, a dry out process. Yeah. Because um, we also staggered the recordings as well, I think. Yeah. The actual recording was super fun. <clears throat> yeah. Um, it was like, a good time. We, like, we'd cut, like, live off the floor tracks as a scratch tape and then do individual takes of each instrument and all the vocals and everything it was it was cool it was very efficient um i don't it was the most it was it was interesting (laughs) because it was the most sort of quote-unquote official recording process we've ever been through up to that point previous to that we'd done a couple like a couple of like demos with just like our pals who would help us out and like I can distinctly remember this one friend of mine named Kyle Hinton yeah I can distinctly remember being in my garage and setting up like an isolation booth with a freaking carpet (laughs) hooked up around a microphone it was great it was just like DIY to the max yeah 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 we had like carpeted the whole oh yeah around the microphone with like drum carpets (laughs) (laughs) you get real innovative when all you have is a garage and (laughs) it's contents yeah (laughs) So yeah, this was, I mean, still home recordings, but it was like in a studio, yeah. like a guy who knows yeah. what he's doing, Yeah, for sure. and like, not that the guys before didn't know what they're doing, but like, had a soundboard, you know, able to, able to like, make the adjustments on the fly and everything, and uh, well from, uh, I, I talked to Eric about the recording like just a little bit a while ago, and he said that like, you know, it's just a regular old little studio environment, and actually having like a, like a properly made space makes like, Entirely, all the difference no, in the recordings, yeah. like recording it in someone's actual basement to a basement that, well, yeah, is like he, probably studioed. And it's a home studio. Kind of like, yeah, him and, his, him and his dad built it to yeah. to record music. Yeah, and to be a practice yeah. space. And, and they got like the raised floors with like sand underneath, like yeah. all the the hardwood floor and stuff. And it's super cool. Decoupled from the, um, and then we had like guest vocalists um, come in and. Like we toyed with them, we we added like a horror movie intro to one of our songs, <laughs> which was like awesome touch, and like layering and feedback. It's like it was super fun. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait to do it again. Like I'm, I'm really like antsy to get back into the studio and because and, you learn more about the actual songs too because you're breaking them down so much. Yeah, right. So and like, other than Nathan, the rest of us actually get to hear what the lyrics are. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. And cringe. <laughs> and then we get to discuss um, finding a new lyricist. 
oh, that's what this song's about? <laughs> it's like, oh, God, that's just disappointing. I used to like this song. <laughs> we'll just get someone to write the lyrics and then Nathan can sing them. You know, we'll do like a, yeah. it's like a real old fashioned thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old school we'll songwriters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, with the monkey. So, you know, it was cool. It was very like homebrew. Um, we had some really super talented people working on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kiefer Dallas did the artwork. It's awesome. He did it. Yeah. We, funny story, like, um, we would always, we used to practice in his garage in Bonex, and there's a pizza place up the road there, and we'd always get pizza from there, like, while practicing. So, like, our artwork's on that pizza box, and it's just obscured enough, so, like, you can't tell what the logo is, but, like, because, like, that pizza fueled us. <laughs> Dude, it still does? Yeah, it still does. To, to this, this day. day. <laughs> Never shut pizza. down. Yeah. They are eternal. No, it was cool. <laughs> We're glad it's out there. Yeah, you know. And now, and now the folk, and now we have a new lineup. So now the focus is on writing even more music that represents us now. Yeah, and putting that down. Right. And I definitely hope it's a more efficient process where it's things aren't as uncertain. Yeah. You know, because there's a lot of uncertainty too, like people having jobs and going to school and being super busy and you know. Wow, well, I, I don't have a job. We don't really worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, like it was cool. We learned a lot. I'm I'm really excited to do it again. Like I think it's gonna be a oh, lot, sure. a lot like more organic. Not that it wasn't organic before, but I think it's just gonna be a lot more of a enjoyable process. Yeah, I think you you put it well when you said that with the addition of Gus, you know, it kind of like ignited this this fire, if you will, and now it's it's kind of like we're all. Or at least I feel that we're all like ready to like attack this thing with the same level of intensity, and it's like we're ready to just like tear the roof off of any place that will host our little shit show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it's kind of cool when you do find those like the right band members who do fit into the band and yeah, you just take off from there. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's almost like one of the most important things that I've found from interviewing multiple bands now is that all the ones who are really out there doing stuff and like really passionate about it are they're just having a good time and like they're all friends they're all buds yeah Yeah. straight up (laughs) but I guess they go go for chicken wings and beer legit (laughs) I'm always saying to to Gus that like this is you know we I no matter what kind of day I'm having or, or what's going on in my life there's always I can always count on like going to going to practice with you guys or just going to this is when it gets all emotional and shit, you know. <laughs> I can always count on going to practice it's or like just sad violin Yeah, right. <laughs> going out for burgers or whatever else and just like just inhabiting the same spaces as these these having the four of us in the same room just is like a very uplifting experience, you know? Doesn't matter what's going on, I could be having the shittiest day in the world. I feel like most of us could be having the shittiest day in the world, but as soon as we're in the same room together there's like yeah. there's something electric, you know? There's some kind of fire that starts and it's just like electric f- fire. That's it's fire. electric fire. <laughs> fire comes from eating the hottest chip in the world together. Uh, straight up. Stage. We're yeah. like bound in blood oh. now. <laughs> Awful blood. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's a story behind that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, so, God. For uh, Rockin' for Dollars one time, it was like... Was there our first show no. with Gus? Uh, no. I'm pretty sure it was the memories first show are foggy Gus. after <laughs> everything that transpired yeah, that I, night. I think, I think that was the first show because we played... Uh, I think we played fucking... 
the Halloween just after that. Yeah, yeah, that so was it. Was our was first, first show? show. Yeah, and uh, there's this company called Pocky P A Q U I. Another sponsorship deal pending, um, <laughs> and yeah, if, they, if they ever get back to us, still we're recording waiting on this those 4K chips. video. Um, so they have this Carolina Reaper challenge, and it's a single chip uh, seasoned with Carolina Reaper, which is currently the hottest pepper in the world. And it's not like how hot is it, Sean? Give us the Scoville. the The pepper itself is one point five million. And how much is Scoville the jalapeno? Jalapeno is like one to two thousand. So that's how hot it is. Um, this, chip, this chip itself was probably in like the 800,000 range. Sean's the, Sean's the spice expert in the band, so. I, I just love it because you yeah. get like the, the adrenaline rush after oh, yeah. like a couple minutes and okay. then you start that's like you feeling it, it in sure. your ears. It's just crazy. Um, so I came up with the bright idea of being like, hey, let's get some of these chips and then let's play a set and then on the last song let's eat these chips and see if we can get through the song. And that's exactly and what it. we did. Yeah, and, and film it. So I got, I'm in film school at SAE right now, so I got a couple uh, filmies to help me out. And they uh, they filmed it in 4K resolution and threw it up on YouTube. And yeah, we, we you, did if it. If you search the Detractions Carolina Reaper Challenge, it's yeah. like top result. And, and uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, us, oh. it's us eating this chip, like putting on gloves, because you can't. You can't get the dust on your fingers because you might get in your eyes and might blind yourself. Yeah. So we, we all put on gloves and we all eat this chip and then you get to watch like this slow descent into insanity as we play. Yeah. yeah. If you want to just watch four grown ass adult males horribly abuse their yeah. their digestive tracts. Yeah. It's not even and that like, slow. Look no further. It's like a minute and a no, half. And, like, <laughs> and then it's just like everybody's yeah. like very... It's funny to watch because dying. yeah, like the initial bite Tastes pretty good. Like it's a good flavor. It it's is. Like, it's and then the good heat good. just comes in like and softly. In. Yeah, and you're like, oh, and, I can deal with this. Yeah, and then it just starts ramping up a little bit more, and it's like, okay, you know, it's oh! <laughs> and it's just like, and then it's like wasps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I compared it to like warming up a pizza pop way too hot and taking a bite out of it like the second it gets out of the microwave. But then there's a swarm of wasps inside <laughs> in every inch of your, the inside of your mouth. Yeah. And what and, and here's like it's bad, but it like it doesn't go away. It, it's, it's, oh, it was like half an hour of just this like, pain. Yeah, it, it parks itself. And then, and, and then it, it's and coming it, and then, out. And then it gave me bad heartburn, and like oh, it was. And like we barely made it through the song. Didn't didn't really sing it. Like, it was just a lot of screaming. <laughs> um, and then five days later, we had practice. And I put the pick that I was using that day in my mouth, and it still had the chili dust. (laughs) And, like, I just had to relive it over again, and it was horrible. It is today the stupidest thing I've done on stage. Like... But it was awesome. But it was, like... I'm pretty sure pepper spray is, like, 500,000 skill (laughs) goals. Yeah. I mean, I'm... You know, I feel a lot closer to... Yeah, exactly. It's a bonding experience. And and just the fact that we can do shit like that... Or like we're willing to do shit like that with each other to help for our first show of all things, you know. It yeah. says a lot about us as as friends and coworkers and people. I just thought it'd be funny, coworkers. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, funny. you know. We're... I, I just remember the suggestion of like it, it was like <laughs> suggested in a message one day, and I was like, 
I didn't even bat an eye at it. I was like, well, okay. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like it's going to be awful, but... Gus, it's literally the hottest chip in the, the world. And the funny thing, too, is we, right. we had a practice over that week, and these three guys all tried a bit oh, of a yeah. chip. And I didn't, because I wanted to like totally go in fresh with it. an experience. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, watching these three go through, like, a quarter of the chip, like... It added to my fear. Like, I was, I was really scared <laughs> in the days leading up well, to Gus it. was, like, fucking dying. Gus was dying, yeah. He was on the ground. The, I was just hiccuping for, like, five minutes straight. And the trial, the trial run was... It was not right. Like, it was... It was hot and tasty. But, like, actually doing it at the show it was just, like, I... I, I wanted I wanted to escape. Like I wanted to wake up from the bad dream, you know? Like yeah. sitting there like playing the drums, my ears are like like physically on fire and like yeah. my face isn't working right anymore. <laughs> it's one of those moments where you like you think you're gonna wake up on the operating table and you're, you're surrounded by like the pigs or something. It's like an episode yeah. of Twilight Zone. Well and then you drank like two liters of chocolate milk afterwards. Yeah, yeah that was a bad idea. <laughs> Okay. And we all know what happened after that. I drank, yeah, I drank like two liters. I don't drink milk ever. So yeah. This is like the first time I had drank milk in like years. And like when I would, I would like drink it and have it in my mouth and it'd be fine. I gulp it down. And it was right back. Like he was, he was like, you're not, not, he was like, I'm not done with you, bitch. Here we go. It was, it was fun. I'd recommend it. <laughs> I'd do it again. Ten out of ten. Yeah, recommend. I think when I was in junior high or something, uh, my friend was from Guatemala. And his family, they had to... Was he an exchange student? Or? No, no, they, they lived there. Oh, but, okay, cool. Um, his family, like, his mother was from Guatemala, so she cooked really spicy food, but she used this pepper, and apparently it was, like, the second hottest pepper in the entire yeah. world. It's, like, this little tiny thing. But we're, like, for shits and giggles, we're like, yeah, let's just eat it. And it's the exact same experience. <laughs> like, you're drinking milk, and it just... When you're drinking the milk, it's fine, but as soon as you start drinking... So it's gone, milk, it's right back there. And of course, yeah. I touch my eyes, and I, like, oh, essentially... You know exactly what we're talking <laughs> yeah. about. Yeah. We're giving you a little bit of PTSD here. Yeah. Like, Welcome to the inferno. <laughs> Next thing that we have to do is uh, Szechuan peppers, because they're, like, these tiny little things. I don't want to do that. And they apparently just, like, <laughs> taste really bad, and then you spit them out, and then your body just doesn't know what to do with itself, so it starts generating saliva, and you just keep like filling your mouth up with saliva. You want us to play and then, and sing while yes. saliva's like and and then your mouth starts freezing, like it, it, it's it's <laughs> like you get like the shot at the dentist. So is this the same shit that's in like Szechuan like sauce? Like yeah, except like this is the straight peppers. It's like, yeah, pure concentrate. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we, we, we do a, a teaspoon of those each. And How about we just play music Wait. and have a good time? <laughs> nah, there has to be a bit. Yeah, always yeah, a gotta, bit. Gotta have more peppery publicity stunts. Yeah. And they still haven't given us our chips. Because you're supposed to get a free bag of chips. Yeah. And we had four boxes of things. It's, garbage it's like a $5, $5 for one single chip. And, like, the whole thing is, like, you do the challenge, you upload the video to their website, and they're like, hey... We'll give you a free bag of our chips that are like seven dollars. <laughs> it's so funny like, because initially Gus thought, like when Sean told us this, he goes, "So if you win the challenge, they just send you more of the hottest chip on earth." No, <laughs> they send you an entire bag of the hottest chip. On earth. Like congratulations, you made it through it. Here you go. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting their tower, twizzling their mustache. Freaking Pocky's got the whole chip world by the freaking balls. <laughs> Yeah, no, we still haven't gotten any chips from them, haven't heard anything yeah. back, you know, it's like, 
Game of Thrones passive aggressive, but fuck passive aggressive. I'm aggressive aggressive. Like fucking want a free bag of chips. God damn it. <laughs> you okay? I shit on the road for those fucking people. Do you want to talk it through? That was. That's enough. <laughs> but we've already said. So we gave some unresolved issues. <laughs> You're an unresolved issue. <laughs> this is why we don't get in the house. Yeah. Um. So, Moving for on. musicians or bands who might just be starting out. Who are still, you know, playing in the basement? What kind of advice would you you give to those guys or those people? Talk to Clint at Ferns. Straight talk, yeah, up, to, talk to Clint or talk to BJ or BJ. Because, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, like Clint will book anyone. Straight <laughs> anytime. Up. He's a pillar of Calgary. Like, cannot praise that man enough. Like, we went around when we like we recorded. I think some friend of ours recorded like three songs of us like six years ago and I went to like every single every single bar and club in the city that we now play like regularly which is awesome and like no one no one knew us and like no one no one cared understandably because yeah. you know and Clint didn't even listen to it Clint was just like you freeze January 17th I was like yeah was like, there you go you have a show done and now we have stuff like Rocket for Dollars where you know email BJ you have 15 minutes go play a set yeah. in front of people who will yeah. support you right straight up there's like the hockey lineup yeah, I think the biggest thing is just is just is just doing it, like putting yourself out there, straight like up, making yourself. Because I think the biggest mistake I made was for years I was afraid to, I was afraid to be movie. Um, sorry, B movie. It's a great movie. No, I was I was I was just afraid to like really be myself as a musician because I hadn't quite found the right group of people. But like maybe I didn't find the right group of people because I wasn't being honest. But you know, I was just kind of like I'm just like gonna write like fun little punk songs because that's what we do right like I wasn't I didn't I didn't have the balls basically to just like play whatever I wanted here or you know yeah. like write whatever right yeah we'll see I, and, I like, and, that, that. and like that's that's huge like being that vulnerable and I think yeah. just, just 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 getting that out of the way right right away so mm-hmm. you can just yeah don't take yourself too seriously mm-hmm. well that too as well <laughs> like especially if you're not like quite at the age where you can be going out and like getting into these bars and like contacting these people like just, just get to know the other kids in your school and your age group like it like whoever you can like get to know other musicians get to know other people playing in bands hey, shows yeah just like like create some side some kind of a network some kind of a yeah. community with these other people because like that's that's gonna like make or break you like even even if you go fucking nowhere as a musician you still have to know a couple people to fucking go nowhere like <laughs> like let alone have an actual career to make out of it like you, the biggest thing is to make friends and like realize that you cannot do it on your own no matter how hard yeah. you try yeah. like no fucking a and r guy is gonna come knocking on your door and hear you playing sweet child of mine <laughs> just take you off in this like fucking helicopter you know now you've gotta you've gotta like make you gotta make connections and you've gotta like just just be friends with people like be agreeable be friendly and try and just make it seem more connected team. yeah because, because otherwise it's just gonna be harder and harder and you're gonna create more obstacles for yourself the more the more of an island you try and make yourself out to be. So, like, I, I think yeah. it's just try and try and make friends with other musicians. Like, doesn't doesn't matter if you play fucking 
Bob Dylan and they play crust core, you know, like make a Bob Dylan crust core band, you know, like you just make friends. Yeah. I think my biggest thing is just like always putting all your ideas down, no matter what. Like, it's like, I don't know, songs don't happen overnight, you know, like music doesn't happen overnight, right? Like, yeah, never be. Because, like, for a while, like, I just, like, I'd write, I'd have cool music in my head, and then I'd just kind of, like, oh, that's lame, and then it's gone, right? Like, I, I wouldn't put it to paper, <laughs> I wouldn't record it, and then it's gone. Like, there's, like, dozens of potentially cool songs that are just in the air, gone out of my brain, right? And just, like, just, it's, I think it's, like, any, I think it's really any sort of art form, whether it's writing, um, music, anything, like, just, just putting, like, constantly doing it, and then, workshopping it and getting people's opinions and okay cool and then writing some more and just like you know i'm like just lace up your nikes and just do it like don't let (laughs) don't don't let anything like i've seen a lot of really cool bands and they never and they're awesome but they never really make it out of the garage because they just they they think about it like they're they're too afraid to to keep writing and they just like they just spend so long like fine-tuning and tinkering instead of like showing to others or putting it down on paper or or you know, recording into a shitty laptop, whatever, like whatever. Like there's, there's so many ways. My my way around that now is like now I I have a little voice recorder thing because like whenever I write, like I, I I always I always hear how I want a song to sound before I put the lyrics down. And like I'll like be at work and I'll like run into a corner of a guy's house and I'll like hum this song on my phone. Like, and I, I also carry a notebook with me everywhere. But like that's like been my biggest resource because like I have no excuse then, right? I can always just like have this library of like really bad Nathan acapella. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I wish I'd done that earlier, you know, because yeah. like there'd be like, I'd be so much farther ahead as a musician than I am now, but like just, yeah, just like constantly doing it and refining it. Yeah. You just like got to get that initial idea out there yeah. down onto something and then mm-hmm. you can tinker with That's it. That's the hardest part. Exactly. I think. It's, the hardest part is to get yeah. started on something. Mm-hmm. Talking about Cause my fiance, she's currently writing her first play script and it's amazing. But she she keeps I keep talking to her and she's like she's like I don't know about the I don't know about the dialogue in this song. I'm like just keep writing like finish it like that's the hardest we can workshop it and and fine tune it everything later but like just get it down on paper you know don't get too caught up in the in the new degree because the new degree happens right like whether it's in band practice or hanging out with friends reading a play script or a film script whatever right but like you got to get your ideas down like. When, no matter how much you think they suck mm-hmm. like they just that's just that's that's where I'm at right now as an artist is just I try not to think of, I try not to judge myself too much <laughs> and like we're like as creative people we're all our own worst critics totally you know? like, yeah. I still think everything I do sucks absolutely yeah. <laughs> it was like we were at Vern's the other day and we found our article in Beatrix and both Jesse and I were like we fooled them into putting our <laughs> shitty band in Beatrix <laughs> bamboozled Suckers. again you know <laughs> which is like joking but part of me is still like in that mindset you know? yeah. Yeah, I feel like I've fooled everyone yeah. I feel like I fooled you by having a crappy band see I feel like I fooled you guys by having you on the podcast just a grinding wheel of everyone fooling everyone yeah else. everyone's in a constant everyone. state of self deprecation it's also like I love that and totally like no you don't it sucks you being polite thank you very much that was really nice of you to say never stop the hustle never stop never stopping never stop never stop <laughs> truly and that's the bottom line because <laughs> Stone Cold said so because the traction said so <laughs> what up cool um so at the end of 
all the podcasts, I kind of do a little sample, like, of current work of what you guys are doing, if that's okay. No, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah so totally. You, do you mind if I put your BAP at the end of this? Absolutely. Not at all. Do it up. Cool. <laughs> that sounds perfect. Cool. Uh, did you guys want to kind of say something about it and lead into it a little bit? Uh, this CP brought to you by sumolounge.com. Uh, go buy a sumo. It's a, a large beanbag chair. We have no affiliation with them whatsoever. Um, yeah. This CP brought to you by all the PBR we drink while writing music. Cuss? <laughs> nah. The CP is good. It will it will be a rewarding 13 minutes of your life. You will, <laughs> you will truly invest another 13 minutes in it again. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to take this EP, I want you to go out to your car right now, I want you to get in your car, I want you to put on some sweet driving gloves, your coolest jacket, I want you to go for a rip, and just, just freaking, for the next 13 minutes, exist, exist, party, <laughs> enjoy life, drive through a freaking Walmart, I don't know. Drive through a freaking Walmart! <laughs> Awesome. Drive your Prius through a Taco Bell. <laughs> Drive your Prius what? through a Taco Bell. You heard me. Make no apologies. The mental image that, that conjures is just incredible. <laughs> awesome, guys. Well, thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much for, yeah, having, for having us. That was yeah. a lot of fun.
so I turned him into shorts. It was pretty fucking cool. And then I was wearing my toque, but the toque was just over my fucking ears, so my ears were kind of cold, but I, my shorts were on too, so I was still pretty fucking cold. Saw you cheating in the front seat. Looking for action, looking for a party. Try to fit in, you're in disguise. Don't be afraid, just look in my eyes. Everything seems fine when we're on the phone, but I'm fucked on the floor and I wanna go home. Yeah. 
If you liked this episode of the podcast, why not leave a review? You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. For up-to-date information on the podcast, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can find us at Froggy Style Productions. That's Frog, the letter E, Style Productions. For more ways to support the show, visit fsproductions.ca. There, you can visit our online store. We sell t-shirts, stickers, and posters. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.